Welcome back, everyone, to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. I've been on a little summer hiatus. It's been pretty nice. But wanted to get back and talk a little Iowa Hawkeye football. We're getting close to 40 days away from the first game of the season with a ranked Big Ten opponent, the Indiana Hoosiers, coming to town. And I wanted to go back into the archives a little bit and look at Kirk Ferentz when he first started with the Iowa Hawkeyes as the head coach. Iowa was coming off a 3-8 and eight season in Hayden Fry's last year. He had a really good 1997 year. They didn't quite get the wins that they hoped for, but a really good team there. And then Hayden's last year in 1998, they only went 3-8. and eight. Kirk took over in 1999 and wanted to talk through how he built that team up and kind of what transpired in Kirk Ferentz's years from 1999 through 2004. So sit back and let's go back into the history books a little bit. As I mentioned, 1999 was Kirk Ferentz's first year as the head football coach at Iowa. And I had just moved back from out of state to the Des Moines area in 1997 and decided it was time to get season tickets. So I've had season tickets ever since. And now it's about a five hour drive to get to Iowa City, but well worth it for an afternoon or an evening spent at Kinnick Stadium. Well, if you recall, there was quite a bit of angst by Hawkeye fans during the coaching search when Hayden Fry retired. Uh, everybody was hoping for Bobby Stoops. Let's face it. He was, the, he was the big name. He was the coordinator, defensive coordinator at Florida. He was the hot guy. And everybody wanted him to be the head coach at Iowa. He had played football for the Hawkeyes. So it, it seemed like the logical choice. But something went haywire there. And it sounds like it was really just Bob got offered the job at Oklahoma. Iowa wanted to continue interviewing candidates, and he just said, okay, I'm going to accept the, the job at Oklahoma, and, and the rest is history. But it would have been pretty interesting to see what could have happened if Bobby Stoops was the coach at Iowa. But instead, Iowa got a lesser-known coach. He had ties to Iowa. He, was, he had been the offensive line coach early in his career under Hayden Fry. And Iowa got an all-around good guy, a good football coach, and he's coming up on year 23 as the head, as the head honcho. So... Let's take a look at some of the favorite players of the Kirk Ferentz early years and, and how Kirk took this team that was 3-8 and eight the year before he got there, then 1-9, and nine, and how he got to three consecutive years with uh, uh, finishing in the top 10. So it was quite a turnaround. Well, let's face it, Kirk's first year was a rough one, 1-10. One it's hard to... Hard to polish that one up to make it look good. It, it was not a lot of talent. The roster was depleted in a lot of ways. But I will say, they played hard, they hit hard, and they played some teams close. You know, they lost by one touchdown to Iowa State in Ames. Uh, the first win was Game 3 against Northern Illinois. But you know they only lost to Northwestern by two, lost to Indiana by a touchdown, almost upset 17th-ranked Minnesota, losing by four points. So... They just could not get over the hump. Ended up with only one win that whole season. And quarterback was shared in this first season for Kirk Ferentz. Most of the snaps went to Scott Mullen, but Randy Reiners got some snaps as well as Kyle McCann. The guys on the offense that really stood out that season were Liddell Betts, for sure. He had 857 yards rushing. Uh, Kevin Casper, the great Hawkeye receiver and NFL player, had 664 yards receiving. Bashir Yamini, the track guy, also had a decent season. And I like the big fullback, Jeremy Allen. He was a weapon in the passing game out of the backfield. 
there were some really good players on the defensive side of the ball. Anthony Heron, Jerry Montgomery, LeVar Woods, Colin Cole, yeah. big NFL guy too. He was just a true freshman playing in the middle of that defensive line. At linebacker Fred Barr, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to him with the health, health issues he's having, but he was a great linebacker, just a freshman at this point. Matt Bowen, safety who played in the NFL for a lot of years, great football analyst and high school coach in Illinois. And then Jason Baker, another NFL great, who was maybe the MVP in 1999 as the punter. At least at times they had decent field position, right? Well, let's move on to 2000. Not a whole lot to talk about in 1999 other than, you know, they didn't win many games. They had some close ones. They, they played them tough at times. But 2000 was just a crazy year when it comes to quarterbacks. There were three guys with 125 to 141 attempts passing. Scott Mullen got the most attempts, followed by Kyle McCann and then John Butcher. If you recall, what everybody used to say was the future is Butcher. But that didn't end up working out. He transferred to Illinois where he had a decent career, but Nikaya was okay with Kyle McCann in 2001 and Brad Banks in 2002. But Liddell Betts, he was the 1,000-yard rusher. Kevin Casper was a 1,000-yard receiver. Khalil Hill was another really good wide receiver in this era. And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you throw in Aaron Campman, who moved to defensive end from that linebacker position. He was another guy with a long NFL career. And this was the year we started to see Bob Sanders on the field as a true freshman. Games just started to change. As soon as he started playing, he made such a huge impact on both the defense and special teams. Well, this season started with a game against Kansas State, former Hayden assistant, uh, Bill Snyder, so a former co-worker with Kirk Ferentz, at Arrowhead Stadium. I remember how hot it was that day, but Arrowhead's always a fun place to tailgate. Would love to see a game down there again for the Hawkeyes, but you know, maybe play Mizzou or Kansas, Kansas State. Uh, I think people were getting a little nervous this season. If Iowa starting 0-5, I probably was too. I mean, wow, you go 1-10 and and then you start 0-5, another loss to Iowa State. I remember attending the Nebraska game with a buddy in Lincoln that year, and Iowa lost 42-13, to but that was game four. And I remember Iowa starting the game, driving right down the field for a touchdown. And then the game being close until a late TD at the end of the half. It was a bit of a deflating Hail Mary type situation going into halftime, and the Hawks just couldn't dig out of that hole. But the big win came in game six with Iowa upsetting Michigan State 21-16 to in Kinnick Stadium with Khalil Hill having a 90-yard kickoff return, Kevin Casper catching a 43-yard go-ahead TD from John Butcher, and 13-game losing streak was snapped. Captain Kirk had his first Big Ten win. After three more losses, it was two program-changing wins before losing by three points to end the season, three and nine. So up from one and 10 to three and nine in year two, and the two wins near the end of the season were over Penn State and Happy Valley in two overtimes, and then over 12th-ranked Northwestern at Kinnick. So definitely you could start seeing that progress in year two. Kirk Ferentz teams play hard. They hit hard. Uh, they never gave up. They, they really just play that physical brand of football, solid fundamentals. And that was really starting to show through in, in his second year at Iowa. 2001 was the year the turnaround was complete, the 7-5 and five record, including Alamo Bowl win against Texas Tech. The signature win was probably Penn State again, and Kirk got his first win against Minnesota with a 42-24 win in Kinnick. Floyd of Rosedale got back to his rightful home. 
Biggest disappointment was probably the 17-14 loss to Iowa State and Ames. Now, this game was pushed to November because of 9-11, and the Hawkeyes were down 14 to nothing at half, but tied it up in the third quarter before losing by a field goal. And in the Alma Bowl, the great Nate Cading had four field goals, including a 46- and 47-yarder. Iowa beat Wes Welker's Red Raiders, despite the great NFL wide receiver having a touchdown in that game. In 2001, it was Liddell Betts' senior year. He had another 1,000-yard season before heading off to the NFL for a great career. The quarterback job was held by Kyle McCann, and he really had a decent season his senior year. He completed 66% of his passes. He had 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions over 2,000 yards. This was also the first year we got a glimpse of JUCO transfer Brad Banks. The junior quarterback was 41 of 68 for 582 yards, four touchdowns. So he was showing promise when he could you know, for when he would take over in 2002 and he got some snaps. So he could be a little bit more prepared, get some game action. And Khalil Hill had a big year as a receiver. C.J. Jones stepped up as well. Great tight end. Dallas Clark had 34 catches and over 500 yards in 2001. Well, at this point, Coach Ferentz and the other coaches, you know, they've developed some linemen. David Porter, Eric Steinbeck, Sam Maiello, Alonzo Cunningham, Robert Gallery. Bruce Nelson, to name a few. A lot of those guys played in the NFL. And on the defensive side, guys like Aaron Campman are just dominating. You know, and going to head to the NFL to dominate for years with the Packers. Jared Kloss, another defensive lineman, future NFL guy. Grant Steen was a good linebacker, lined up with Freddie Barr. Derek Pagel, another one of those safeties that Phil Parker developed into a heck of a player. Well, next up is maybe the best Iowa Hawkeye football team in history. It was one blip on the record, I guess two, including the bowl game. But I love this team. I love everything about this team and the high-powered offense, solid defense, and really good special teams. 2002. For Kirk Ferentz, it's year four, and so far he's gone one and ten, three and nine, seven and five with an Alamo Bowl win. And, you know, you put that into perspective, for over 100 years, Iowa State has only won five bowl games in team history. All of those were during the Kirk Ferentz era. Uh, there's a lot more bowl games, obviously. Teams can get into bowls with 6-6 six and six records now. Dan McCarney won two. Paul Rhodes uh, got a, a win in a bowl game. Matt Campbell has two bowl wins and two bowl losses as the Iowa State coach. Uh, but Iowa State has 16 total appearances in bowl games. They're 5-11. and 11. So in Kirk Ferentz's 22 years at Iowa, he's won more, more bowl games by four, he's won nine to Iowa State's five. He's also led the team to more bowl appearances than Iowa State in its history, which goes back to the 1800s. And Captain Kirk is nine and eight in bowl games in his career so far. Got on a little sidebar there, but this 2002 team is a whole episode. Maybe my favorite season as a Hawkeye fan. People a little older than me will probably pick the Hayden Fry year, like 1985 with Rob Houtland versus Michigan and being ranked number one. No issues with that whatsoever, but I have a little recency bias. I love the 1997 Hawkeyes, but that season didn't quite go as planned. I think it was 7-5, and 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten. Tavian Banks, Tim Dwight. Um, 2009-2015 have to be in the conversation as well. Even 2004, if you were at that bowl game with the Tate to Holloway ending, incredible season after a really rough start, so and another top 10 finish for a Kirk Ferentz team. But let's get back to 2002. Brad Banks was the face of this team, at least on the offensive side of the ball. There were so many guys uh, on this team. Where do you start? But this team went 11-2, 8-0 in the Big Ten in Kirk Ferentz's fourth season. 
Offensive coordinator Ken O'Keefe. He's the current quarterback's coach, and he was really getting it done on offense this year. Great offensive lineman. The great Norm Parker running the defense. And let's start on offense. Brad Banks from Belle Glade, Florida. Just one season leading that Hawkeye offense. He was almost six feet tall, 205 pounds. Not the typical Iowa quarterback size-wise, most around 6'5", 6'4". But he had the best season of any Hawkeye quarterback so far during the Kirk Ferentz era. He also had an amazing supporting cast, but but he could just get so much done on, on the field, running the ball, passing the ball. And I thought he would be an NFL quarterback, um, but ended up spending several years in Canada and also played a couple seasons of indoor football his last season with the Iowa Barnstormers in 2011. He was the Heisman runner-up to USC quarterback Carson Palmer, and kind of interesting, Iowa has had two quarterbacks that are runner-up to the Heisman Award, Banks and the great Chuck Long from the early mid-'80s. And Banks was press player of the year, associated press player of the year. He won the Davey O'Brien Award for best quarterback, Big Ten most valuable player, and obviously Big Ten offensive player of the year and first team. Well, he started his career at Heinz Community College in Mississippi as a wide receiver as a freshman, became a quarterback as a sophomore. He led his team that year to an 11-1 record. He's a winning guy. He passed for 16 touchdowns, rushed for 13. And then at Iowa, his senior year, he had over 25 100 yards passing, 26 TDs, just seven interceptions. And he also rushed for 435 yards, five TDs that year. What a phenomenal season. What a phenomenal player and a great Hawkeye. Well, this team was so good on both sides of the ball with only two blips on the schedule. You know, the loss at Kinnick Stadium to Iowa State, who really had a decent team that year. They had Seneca Wallace, at quarterback, and they had a big halftime lead and then just started turning the ball over in the second half. It really caused the momentum to change, and Iowa lost 31-36. to Iowa nearly blew a lead against number 12 Penn State that season on the road, but held on in overtime. Followed that up with one of the most entertaining games I've ever attended, the 31-28 to win over Purdue. So many big plays in that game. Uh, score going back and forth the whole game. Brad Banks and Dallas Clark connected for TDs a couple of times, one on a 95-yard catch and run by Dallas Clark, and a huge fourth down play late in the fourth quarter for the go-ahead touchdown. Another one of my favorite games from 2002 was the win at the Big House, 34-9. There seemed to be so many Hawkeye fans tailgating that day. It was nothing but celebrating in the stadium you know, with other Hawkeye fans after taking down the number eight Wolverines. There was also the 20-3 win over Wisconsin. And in the final game of the regular season, the Hawkeyes beat Minnesota in the Metrodome. 45-21, fans took the goalposts, walked them up the sta- stairs. Just a crazy scene. Happy fan base after Iowa pulled off an 8-0 conference record. The season didn't end on the greatest note of the loss in the Orange Bowl, but that was a really talented fifth-ranked USC team with Carson Palmer. Uh, Troy Palomalu, and several other NFL players. Iowa ended the season ranked number eight in the nation. The first top ten finish for Kirk Ferentz as the head coach at Iowa. And this Hawkeye roster was just loaded with talented players. Banks, of course, Freddie Russell, Jermel Lewis at running back, Mo Brown, C.J. Jones, Eddie Hinkle at wide receiver, Dallas Clark at tight end before embarking on his long NFL career, being one of the top targets of Peyton Manning with the Colts. The offensive line was just top-notch this season. Robert Gallery, Eric Steinbach, David Porter, Bruce Nelson, Ben Sobieski. The defensive line had guys like Colin Cole as a senior now. Um, the big guy on the defensive line, Jared Kloss, Jonathan Babineau. How many years did he play in the NFL? Same with Matt Roth. He was a great player in the NFL and in college. 
Howard Hodges. It was Fred Barr's senior year at linebacker and junior Bob Sanders. What a year he had. Uh, and what a year that secondary had with guys like Derek Pagel, Javon Johnson. Can't forget Nate Kading. He was a big-time player for the Hawkeyes. His accuracy and consistency at field goal kicker helped make that season. As I said, one of my favorite Hawkeye teams ever. Great offense, solid defense, pulled out gutty wins and had some really memorable games and players. Next up is 2003, and this was the year when Iowa had some expectations after the great 2002 season, but only returned four starters on offense, seven on defense. So it was probably going to be more of a defensive team. But Iowa started big, going 4-0 with Kirk's first win over Iowa State and a win over number 16 Arizona State in Kinnick Stadium. That was followed by a tough loss to Michigan State and Spartan Stadium, and I believe it was my first trip to East Lansing. But the Hawks bounced back strong with a win over number nine Michigan, thirty to twenty-seven. And Iowa didn't didn't fare as well facing number eight Ohio State on the road. I recall attending that game as well. Uh, it was close, but Iowa couldn't get much going on offense. Neither team did. And a late safety against the Hawkeyes. I remember it was a snap over over Chandler's head. For the safety, that pretty much put it away. Any kind of comeback bid for the Hawkeyes, and they lost 19-10. to Well, Iowa's run against Penn State continued with a win at home, but, man, Purdue, I don't know what, what it is with Purdue. Iowa, you know, that was Iowa's last loss that season in a 10-3 and year. You saw the Hawkeyes finish the season with huge wins over Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then beating Ron Zook's Florida Gators in the Outback Bowl. So ironically, at 10-3, and 5-3 and three in the Big Ten, the 2003 team also finished the season at number eight in both the coaches and AP poll. And big Nate Chandler was the quarterback. He wasn't as polished, maybe, uh, but he was a gamer and he was a winner. He only completed 53% of his passes. He also used his feet to get some first downs. He had 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions passing over 2,000 yards. Freddie Russell was back over 1,300 yards rushing on 282 carries, and I believe... Jermel Lewis was injured for much of the year. Freddie got most of the carries. Nate Kading hit 20 of 21 field goals. And then Dallas Clark, you know, he had a year of eligibility left, but but he had gone pro. And wisely, you know, wisely so, but it was kind of tight end by committee this year. Not a lot of production on the receiving side for tight ends. And Robert Gallery came back to play left tackle and would end up being number two overall draft pick after the season. Well, the defense was still loaded with D-line guys, Hodges, Roth, Babineau, you know, then Greenway, Hodge, getting time at linebacker, and then Bob Sanders in his final year as a Hawkeye. What a stud. I thought 2003 was a special year, you know, another one-and-done quarterback, some guys really stepping up and making plays on both sides of the ball, some that weren't expected, and the season guys really led this team. A couple guys that stood out for really stepping up were fullback Edgar Cervantes, he had a great junior and senior season at fullback. And then Ramon Ochoa at wide receiver, he made just some unbelievable catches his senior year. He was a difference maker, uh, helped, helped get the Hawkeyes some wins. He had been on the bench pretty much his whole career. So that was, that was just so much fun to see. Well, 2004 is another really special year. Sophomore quarterback Drew Tate steps in at quarterback. And it was a rocky start, but man, did Iowa have a quarterback in Drew Tate? Iowa started the season beating Kent State and Iowa State. So Kirk's starting to get that in-state game going the right way. 
And next up was Arizona State. My brother and I traveled to Phoenix and stayed in Tempe, hitting places like the library, <laughs> the bar, not the place that you go to read books. But no, we had a really good time uh, in Tempe. But shockingly, the game was delayed due to rain, and then Iowa just looked horrible the entire game. I believe the only highlight was a late punt return for a touchdown to put Iowa on the board, and it was Walner Bellius, who finished his career at, at Coe or something like that. But he scored a touchdown late. Uh, it was quite head-scratching why he left and, and ended up at Coe. I think he wanted to play both ways or, or be able to really dominate, which I think he did at the Division Three level. But 44-7 to loss for the Hawkeyes. Drew Tate, the sophomore quarterback, true sophomore, went 8 of 19, passing for 44 yards. Iowa had six first downs to Arizona State's 23. 100 total yards of offense to 511. I remember telling my brother that I couldn't find another win on the schedule, and I was in full panic mode at that point. Well, the next game was Michigan and Ann Arbor, and Iowa lost 17 to 30, but things were looking better. I remember Tate's helmet being pulled off and him throwing the ball and you know keep he kept playing with no helmet on and thinking wow we get we've got a guy back there and you know there's going to be some struggles but but at that point I, I knew that the way the Hawkeyes played there was going to be some more wins and and there was I mean the Hawkeyes didn't lose another game that season Michigan State Ohio State Penn State victories in consecutive weeks the Penn State win was the emotional 6 to 4 victory in Happy Valley after Kirk Ferentz's father had passed away all it took was two field goals by Kyle Schlicker to get the win. Schlicker the kicker. You know, nothing like taking a late safety in a game to get more room to be able to punt, knowing that our defense, the Hawkeye defense, wasn't going to let Penn State into field goal range. I'll never forget you know, that last game of the season, too, beating number 9 Wisconsin 30-7 to and clinching a tie for first place in the conference at 7-1, and fans storming the field after another Undefeated season at home at Kinnick Stadium. The bowl game, everyone knows this one, so I won't get into it too much into too much detail, but it was the last play of the game, the clock ticking, Drew Tate hits the seldom used Warren Holloway. You know, he had a he had like twenty some catches that year, so he, he was used some, not too many in his prior years, but it was his first touchdown of his career on the last play of the game to beat Nick Saban's LSU Tigers. Just a crazy game with Iowa leading the whole way and then Jamarcus Russell coming in off the bench to play quarterback and Iowa could not stop him. Almost gave it away late. Probably the most exciting sporting event I've ever attended. Although seven got six in East Lansing with Marvin McNutt was another fun one, but it just doesn't compare to a bowl win over LSU and Nick Saban. For the third year in a row, Iowa finished Eighth in the AP and coaches poll. Kirk Ferentz is a hot commodity for the NFL at this point. Drew Tate really had a pretty remarkable season. 62% completion rate, 2,700 yards passing, 20 TDs, 14 interceptions. Also, remember, Iowa had so many injuries at running back this year. I believe Albert Young broke his leg. Marcus Simmons played early, then got hurt, made it back for the bowl game. Jamel Lewis's career ended, I believe, this season with just another injury and he really had some tough breaks and was such a talented player. Walk-on, Sam Brownlee was the leading rusher with 227 yards. Just remarkable. Eddie Hinkle and Clinton Solomon were the big targets for Tate and Scott Chandler. The tall tight end and brother of Nate Chandler was starting to look really good at tight end. He ended up being a great NFL player. Well, this was a really good defensive team. Marcus Pascal, 
Sean Considine stepping up on the defensive backfield. You got Matt Roth, Tyler Lubke, Babineau still on the defensive line. Senior George Lewis at linebacker, Hodge and Greenway. So it was a tough team. Uh, another great defense under Norm Parker. And that's how Kirk did it. I mean, <laughs> he, he had the blueprint. He stuck with it through a 1-10 season, a 3-9 season. He started seeing things come around 7-5, got the bull win in his third year. After that, it was the glory years. Three straight seasons in the top 10. Fun bowl wins over a couple of SEC teams. So uh, that was quite an era of Hawkeye football. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this walk down memory lane and how Kirk Ferentz led the Hawkeyes from the bottom back to the top of the league and near the top of college football as one of the elite teams. Please like, share, and rate the podcast if you're enjoying it. Thanks, everyone. The season will be here before we know it, about 40 days. So go Hawks!